Amen. Appreciate that good singing this morning and uh, so thankful for the Lord's goodness and uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to the Gospel of John. We're going to look at John chapter 3 this morning, probably a familiar chapter of scripture for most of us. And uh, this, uh, over the next several weeks, we're looking at uh, praise uh, and testimony, and uh, we talked about that last week. And so before we look at the Gospel of John, uh, I'm going to give us an opportunity to apply what we talked about last week. Uh, and so some of you have slept since then, uh, and so let me remind you, we looked at Psalm 95, uh, where the psalmist reminds us and challenges us to praise the Lord and to shout what God has done for us, and to sing uh, His praises to Him. We did that this morning, and I want to give you an opportunity, if there's something that God has done for you, and there's something you want to uh, praise uh, the Lord for, uh, Leslie's going to bring the microphone to you, so that uh, we want you to share uh, briefly. Now, this is not a sermon, it's a testimony, so keep it short. and uh, But maybe you want to just give the Lord a, a, a praise. Maybe the Lord has answered a prayer. Um, you just want to, to thank the Lord for something that he's done for you. Um, so if you'll stand up. and uh, Now don't everybody jump at one time. And again, uh, I'd rather volunteers, but again, I'm not above drafting. Uh, Thank you, Brother George. <laughs> well, I'm always thankful for the Lord saving my soul and uh, writing my name down in that book. Amen. And uh, watching over me and leading me in the right direction all these many years. Uh, I know it's hard to believe, but I was saved in 1955, (laughs) and uh, my mother led me to the Lord, she was my Sunday school teacher, and um, I have tried my best to live faithful ever since. I know I haven't always done right, but uh, like our Sunday school lesson said this morning, there's always something in there twisting on you when you're thinking about doing something wrong and that's the Lord and he's always done that for me and I pray that I'll always pay attention to that Holy Spirit leading in my life and, uh, but I'm always uh, glad and thankful to tell anybody what the Lord's done for me and uh, he's watched out over me for many many years through a war and uh, all kinds of of uh, problems in my life, and I thank him for it. Amen. Thank you, Brother George. Anybody else?
thank the Lord for our kids and I pray that the uh, Lord touches them and continues to use them and works on them and thankful we've had a young man uh, answer the call to preach from our church and is out in Oklahoma uh, serving the Lord and pray that many others will come out of our church uh, many other pastors and missionaries and others serving the Lord from our church and uh, anybody else going once going twice all right thank you for sharing uh, those and uh, Brother Bill are you standing to or just standing to operate the camera? Okay. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, John chapter three, um, and uh, we do uh, praise the Lord for our church and for. Uh, bringing us here to uh, First Church, and uh, it uh, about a, a month ago now um, had a, a mini stroke, and uh, for a few hours, uh, wasn't sure how long I was going to be on this earth, and so uh, thank the Lord for His goodness and for health and for restoring me uh, to health. Uh, and uh, it is a privilege to be able to pastor uh, you. Uh, there are some pastors that can't say that about their church people, unfortunately. Uh, but you really are a joy to pastor. Uh, now, do you have your moments? You do. Uh, <laughs> but thankfully, they're not very often. Uh, and I have my moments too, believe it or not. Uh, and I know that. Uh, and, uh, but we love one another. Uh, and we understand, listen, there's not one of us that's perfect. And there is not one of us that's perfect. There's only one that's ever been perfect. And there's not one of you that are him. And I'm not him either. And the, uh, John understood uh, that important truth as well. Uh, John understood uh, that important truth that it wasn't about him. Uh, and we see that in John chapter 3 in the last half of this chapter. The first half of the chapter, Jesus uh, meets a man named Nicodemus, uh, who was a Pharisee, but interested in hearing more about what Jesus uh, was all about. And so he came to Jesus at night and asked him some questions. And of course, we know that great Bible verse, uh, John 3, 16. Uh, and um, so after that is where we're going to pick up this morning. And in verse 22, it says, After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there, remained with, uh, there he remained with them and baptized. Now, Jan John also was baptizing in Anion, uh, near Salem, uh, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. And there arose a dispute among some of John's disciples. And John, uh, uh, and the, uh, 
rather between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who is the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands uh, and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is from uh, above all, or is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard and that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And so, we find here a very important lesson. Uh, So, Jesus is here reminding us of this lesson, and you know what, uh, this happens a lot of times not just in the wilderness in the first century when John uh, the Baptist and his disciples and Jesus and his disciples are hanging out. It happens in 2022 in churches uh, when Jesus' folks are hanging out and Baptists are hanging out Methodists are hanging out uh, because people begin saying, hey, we're better than you are. And we begin thinking about our crew. And we're thinking that we're the only ones in town. And it's all about us. Well, John the Baptist understood what it was about. And he understood it wasn't about him. And so when his disciples came with this question, he understood what really their concern was about. And he was able to set them straight. And so we want to see, and hopefully by the end of today, we are able to say, you know what, praise God, it's not about me. Because, friend, if we have reason to praise God. And one of the reasons that you can praise God is that God uses you in his work. That's one of the great things we're studying on Wednesday nights as we're going through this Experiencing God study is that God is at work all around us and he invites us to be a part of what he's doing. And we've mentioned that several times over the last few weeks that God invites us and God wants us to be a part of what he's doing. He uses us. He just doesn't save us from sin. I'm glad he is. He does do that, aren't you? 
but that He also saves us for something. He saves us for a purpose. He saves us because He has a work for us to do. But friend, we need to understand that the work goes on with or without us. And that the world will keep on spinning without us. So often, if we're not careful, we get to the place where we begin to think that the work of God will not go on without us. And we get to the place where we say, oh no, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. And if it doesn't get done, boy, the work of God's going to stop. Well, friend, the work of God's going to be accomplished with or without you. Can I tell you, there's reason to celebrate that. There's reason to celebrate that the work of God is much bigger than you are. But there's also reason to celebrate that the work of God involves you. And that you get to have a tiny part in it. And that God loves you so much that He invites you and says, Hey, listen, come on. Let's join the work. Don't you think for a minute that God couldn't accomplish what He wants to get done without you? He could do it without you, certainly. In fact, He could do it quicker and better without you. Let's just be honest. But He loves you so much, He wants to do it with you. And so these disciples see Jesus over there, and we, if you go on and you read the first couple verses in chapter 4, you see that Jesus was not baptizing at all. And Jesus didn't baptize anybody. Jesus' disciples were baptizing. But John's disciples, hey listen, this guy Jesus, he's baptizing everybody, John. Everybody's going to him, they ain't coming to you no more. And what they were saying was, hey listen, he's stealing our people. They're going over to that church instead of coming to our pool. That ain't good. And John's response was, you knuckleheads. Now that's the the amplified version. But that's what he's saying to them, you knuckleheads. I told you from the beginning, I am not the Messiah. I was the one that was called to come to prepare the way. And so I think that there's a few things that John reminds us of in these uh, few verses. And the first one is this. John reminds us first that our praise has to have the right perspective. John understood that the work that he was doing was not about him and it was not about the baptizing at all. He understood there was nothing special about this pool of water. He was baptizing there only because there was a bunch of water there. And this bunch of water was not particularly special. It wasn't more crystal clean than any other water. He hadn't prayed any special prayer of anointing over it. He didn't dump any anointing oil in it that made it special. It was just a place where there's plenty of water. 
so he could dunk a lot of people. And so it was a place where he was baptizing. Baptism was something they did in the Old Testament. It was something that the Jews did to symbolize a washing away. It was something that symbolized a cleansing. It was something that they did uh, uh, on different occasions. They did it, for instance, when uh, someone became a Jew, a Gentile, somebody that was not born a Jew became a Jew. That was one of the first things they did. They would do it when uh, they had touched something that made them unclean. They would wash. There was lots of ceremonial cleansings in the Old Testament. The, they would come for to, to symbolize this a repentance, a, a rededication to the service of God. It was never for salvation. It was, they never understood that by being dunked in water and coming up again, they were saved, that, that they were all of a sudden a person of God. That understanding is never developed anywhere in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. They understood it that it was an outward sign of something that had taken place on the inside. And that's still what we believe that it means today. And so John had the perspective that, you know what, it's not necessarily about the water. It's not even about the act. John understood the perspective was this. It's about what God is doing in the people's lives. And so it didn't matter if they were doing it on this side of the pool or they were doing it on that side of the pool or if it was John that was doing the dunking or if it was uh, you know, John the Baptist or if it was John the son of Zebedee or if it was Peter or if it was Matthew or if it was one of the other disciples or even if it was Jesus himself, which again, Jesus didn't baptize anybody. John understood it didn't matter. It didn't matter the person doing the dunking. What mattered was what it meant. What mattered was that God was at work. And that was the point. The point was not the baptism at all. The point was that it meant God was doing something. And that was, John says, that's something to celebrate. I said, hey, listen, I mean, you know, the, you know when uh, the bride is with you and you're not the bride, that means you're the bridegroom. And when the bridegroom's got his bride with him, that's reason to be happy. That's reason to celebrate. So John had the right perspective. He understood it wasn't about him, 
but he understood he had the great privilege of being a part of what God was doing. And he was thrilled to be able to have a part to play. And he wasn't about to let anybody take that from him. He wasn't about to say, well, if they're going to go over there, I'm going to take my toys and go home. I'm just going to close up shop. He didn't say, well, I'm just going to get brighter lights. I'm going to run a two-for-one special. I'm going to get some smoke machines. Or I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to give away a car. I'm going to have a raffle. He didn't do any of those things. He said, I'm going to celebrate that God is working over there, and I'm going to celebrate that God is working over here. He had a kingdom perspective that it wasn't all about him. It was all about God and that God was working. And you know what? I'm thankful that God is working here at First Free Will Baptist Church. But I'm also thankful that God is working at other churches. I'm thankful that God is working down the street at the other end of uh, Napoleon Drive at Grace Baptist Church. And my prayer is that God continues to bless their church. And I want God to help that church grow just like I want God to help our church to grow. And I'm thankful that, you know, there's churches on um, Pearson Drive. And I want those churches to grow. I want First Baptist Church in Pearl to grow. I want the Exchange Church in Pearl to grow. And I know others that I've not mentioned, you know, my church down the other way on uh, Pearson. And some of these pastors I know and I pray for them. I see and I understand and I hope you do as well. I'm not in competition with them. They're my brothers. And when I hear about God blessing their churches, I'm thankful. And you better be too. Because it means the kingdom of God is growing. And I'm thankful for that. We are not in competition with one another. Can I tell you that the devil wins when he gets churches competing with one another? And when we're fighting with one another? The devil oftentimes doesn't have to do a whole lot of, of trouble, you know, fighting with getting churches defeated because we do a pretty good job with that ourselves. Because we fight amongst ourselves. And we fight with other churches. And it wasn't just John's disciples. Jesus' disciples were guilty of it too. Remember Jesus had sent his disciples off on a mission trip. On a ministry trip. And they came back and they said, Jesus, we came across this guy. He's not among us. And he was out there praying for people. Jesus, let me tell you, we told him to quit that. And Jesus rebuked him. He said, listen, let me tell you, you fool. If they're not against us, they're for us. So forbid them not. 
think Jesus probably called them knuckleheads too. He said, listen, guys. They're not our enemies. They're our partners. If they're not for us, I mean, if they're not against us, they're for us. They're working with us. If they're not trying to tear us down, leave them alone. And so our praise has to have the right perspective. Can I tell you something? You can't ask God to bless you and tear down someone else in the next sentence and then expect God to bless you. But then secondly, John reminds us that our praise must be set on the right person. John's disciples wanted the praise to be on John. They said, hey John, those yo-yos over there, they're not letting the people come to you to be baptized. And you're the best baptizer, so they ought to be coming to you. And John set them straight. He said, listen, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Christ. And they knew, John, by the way, knew who those disciples were, and they knew who it was. He knew it was his cousin over there, Jesus over there. And so he said, listen, buddies, that's the one whose sandals I'm not worthy to unbuckle. He's the one that's worthy of praise. God is the one that gets the glory. I'm the one that has to decrease. He's the one that has to increase. He's the one that gets the praise. He's the one that needs to be lifted up. He's the one that that deserves the glory and the honor. Not me. Not that we shouldn't honor and and thank our our pastors, and I'm thankful that you do, and I I love all of you and appreciate you as well. We should do that. In fact, Scripture directs us to and commands us to. But we are not to the point we put people and pastors or deacons on pedestals. The only ones that belongs lifted up is Jesus. He alone deserves glory and honor in our allegiance. So our praise and glory and honor must go to Him. So He, and He points that out in verse 31, He said, He that comes from above is above all. The ones that are earthly, they're of earth. And so we have to make sure that our praise is set on the right person. In other words, that we're looking for our, we set our affections on the right things. And not only on the right things, but on the right person. We need to thank God that God sent us our church a pastor and a pastor's wife. And that God, and pray, and I hope you do pray, 
and many of you do, and, and I appreciate when you send cards and you call and say, hey, Pastor, I'm praying for you. And let me know that you pray for me. That's, you know, that's one of the greatest things you can do to let me know you appreciate me. You know something else? One of the greatest things you can do to let your pastor know you appreciate them? Show up for church. Just show up. But our praise must be on the right person. So these disciples of John wanted to give the praise to John. And John knew he was not worthy. And John knew that these people's heart was not where it needed to be. He knew that their affections were not where they should be. And so he did what a good leader did. He tried to redirect them and said, listen, it's not where you need to be. Your affections need to be upward. Your praise needs to be going to God because He is the one. And so our praise must be set on the right person. And then lastly, he reminds us of this last point, and that is that our praise leads to the right point. Our praise leads to the right point. When we praise God, and we're worshiping God, and, and we're praising, we're thanking God, it, because when we're thanking God, we're praising Him, we are reminding, and we're reminding ourselves that it's not about us. Because can I tell you, Proverbs reminds us more than once. Pride is destructive. In fact, pride destroys perhaps more lives than anything else. Because most of the time, pride is what leads to things like adultery. Pride is what leads to stealing a lot of times. Because the thief thinks he won't get caught because he's too good. Pride leads to adultery because he thinks, well, I'm too swift and too debonair, I ain't going to get caught. Pride leads to extortions that he thinks, hey, man, I'm, I'm too big to fail. And when we start thinking we're too big or we're too good or... Well, we're going to fail. So Proverbs warns us many, many times. Don't be prideful. And so when we're praising God and we're saying, listen, pride, it will destroy you. And being proud is not prideful. When the Bible talks about pride, it's talking about haughty arrogance. That, that's what it's talking about. Not taking pride, and you, and you know, there's a difference. We ought to be, it's good to, to take pride in yourself and say, you know, it's good to say, you know what, I did a good job, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing, you know, patting people on the back, saying, you know, you did a really good job, I appreciate you. But there is something wrong when we think that we're all that. And that we can't do any wrong. And that we let everybody know that we're all that. <laughs> so it's that arrogant pride. That's what the Bible condemns. 
But when we're praising God and we're thankful and we're humble, doesn't it lead us to the, that leads us to God. It keeps us focused on God, doesn't it? And so our life is focused around the things of God. And so we're much more in tune with what God is doing and where God is leading us. And so guess what? That helps us to stay where God wants us to be. And when we're arrogant and when we're doing the things God doesn't want us to do, and when we're not listening to God, what does John tell us? He said that's going to lead to destruction. Because we're not praising and we're not being thankful. We're doing what we want to do. And that's never good. When we begin to think it's all about us and it's dependent upon us, our world's about to crash in. Because God's going to say, all right, you think it's all about you? Let me show you it ain't all about you. It is all about one. But I got news for you. You ain't that one. That one is God Almighty. But here's the thing. That God Almighty loves you. And he loves me. And he loves us so much. And the thing he loves to hear more than anything else in this world is your voice. He loves to hear from you. He loves to hear you sing. He loves to hear you shout. But the truth of the matter is, he hadn't heard from you, from some of you in a little while. That some of you he had heard from in a good while. But that doesn't mean that he won't pick up the phone when you call. He'll still pick it up and answer. So why don't you call him? Understand, friend, it's not about you. And that's a very good thing. But praise God. It's not about you, but praise God. God wants to use you in his plan. God's work will be done without you. But God would much rather let you come be a part of his plan. God wants to use you. And here's the thing. God would take great delight in using you if you let him. But he's not going to force him. And if you want to say, hey, hey, I'd much rather go to the beach. He'll say, all right, you have fun. Go on. Don't be surprised when I send a hurricane bopping up on your little beach excursion. But you go on to the beach. It doesn't revolve around you. But God does want to use you. 
So praise God. But you make sure that you keep the praise in the right perspective and on the right person. You make sure the praise leads to that right point. And that point is Him. Let's pray here. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. God, what a joy it's been to be in your house today. And this great reminder from John the Baptist. That's not about us. But it is all about you. And your love for us. And Lord, we praise you that you love us so much. That you don't only save us from our sin, but you save us for a purpose. And Lord, would you just encourage us with that. And Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you, or one watching on the internet that doesn't know you and the great forgiveness that you give of new life, would you help them today to receive that free gift of salvation? But Lord, if there's one of your children here today that, or maybe they've just not served you, maybe they've not been spending time with you, maybe they've not been serving you the way you've asked them to, maybe they've just not been praising, maybe they've been taking advantage of you, maybe they've been taking you for granted. Maybe today they just need to say, Lord, thank you for what you've done for me. Lord, maybe their life is just too much about them. And Lord, they realize that today and you've spoken to them and, and Lord, they need to make it more about you. Lord, help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to be your people today. Help us to be faithful to you. Help us to praise you. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together and let's sing a hymn of response this morning. If God spoke to your heart and there's a decision you need to make, today would be a great day to make.